At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa to have Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by MedMGM. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy. Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. What's happening, Kelly? You good? Good, oh. man. How you doing? Doing very well. College football week zero. It's back, baby. 19-year-olds missing field goals. Wide left, wide right. Let's go. <laughs> that already, that the stark contrast between NFL place kicking, NFL field goal kicking, and that in college football. I, I suppose you were referring to Ohio's kicker and Louisiana Tech's like kicker. Was, yeah, I feel like it was, well, okay, I did have money on both those teams. As, so, yeah, maybe that's I. what I'm really thinking as of. Did I. But yeah. it felt like every game I watched, there was shanks left or right. One went uh, by one team or the other. I believe it was it was it the Ohio kicker? Was it Johnny Set? What was the name of Johnny Setpick? Who uh, kicked it like forty-five degree angle to the left on one of them? <laughs> I was like, so there's okay. something so bad. One of them, I was like, well, that's a good, that's not going to go in. <laughs> Let me just call it right now. Uh, so that's fun. We'll talk. By the way, uh, Todd Wishnev. Todd Wishnev is on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say this. Um, can't wait. He's going to be in studio. Todd and I watched college football. We bet college football and baseball all weekend long together here. Uh, Do you know at Caesars on Saturday, Kelly, that we, uh, you know, Todd is seven stars. We went to sit in their seats to watch college football. And they're like, some guy comes over and is like, "Uh, 25 bucks a piece, please. And Todd goes, I'm seven stars. They're like, it doesn't matter. You have to give us $25. He goes, (laughs) you want me to get my host? They go, it doesn't matter. It's $25. I go, I say, it's week zero. Louisiana Tech FIU, this isn't the Super Bowl. What are we talking about? <laughs> Way to go, Caesars. Now, look, this, was this worth it for you? Shouldn't be. Anyway, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk about our week zero bets, uh, what conclusions we can draw. Wait, so did you pay it or did you No, leave? we left. <laughs> okay. Are you kidding me? We're like, see ya. We went, we went across to the uh, Cromwell where, uh, you know, they couldn't get the Pac-12 network. So no USC to be seen. Oh man, there's such what, what do you got in town right now? We have a Directv dispute with CBS. Yeah. That was an issue yes uh, over the weekend with golf for me. Like these, I don't understand how the how these television disputes occur like that. Do you feel like everything's just a disaster now? Like it's just <laughs> yeah. nothing is nothing is good. Just feels that way. And by the way, if I go back to Cox Cable, I'm still going to be like more behind live television than anything else so because because apparently that's not fiber optic it's something else 
they act like it's fiber optic, but it's not. There's a whole thing. Sure, yeah. Sure. All right, yeah. Anyway, what did, we, speed what did we learn from college football? I mean, we haven't even gotten the show yet, but what did we learn from college football? Uh, San Diego State, despite winning, sucks. Navy yeah. looks awful. Yeah. Do you think they get away with it because they're, they're a academy? You think you think that? Oh, sure. I think that's built. It's. Built I think it's in. built into it. I think it's built in. Ooh, that, are they bad? Like any year that one of the academies has a good year, like yeah. we, we make a big deal of it because they're they're not expected to, right? I mean, you could say Notre Dame was great in their forty-two to three win, but to me, that was more Navy. Just is so bad. They were so. That was the game where it's one of these moments in sports betting where if you couldn't have lost money in that game if you watched it. Yep. Is that correct? It, it was the it, the live betting strategies that you you utilized the most in college football. Yes, I utilized in that game. Yes. It was when Notre Dame was up like fourteen nothing. That was and exactly the point. They were ripping off like six yards a carry. When yep. I'm like, I don't even need to care what Sam Hartman's going to look like when they're ripping off six yards a carry against Navy. It fe- it, I laid twenty seven and a half at that. Point. That's exactly. We didn't even talk about this. So right before they went up fourteen and nothing, and right after I laid twenty seven and a half and twenty eight, bang and bang, and it's like. You, because it, it, college football reveals itself more than any sport quicker, right? It reveals itself quicker than any other sport, I should say. And so in-game betting for that purpose is great. And this was one of those where it's just like, yeah, this is just going to go on all day. And I'm, I agree with you too, Kelly. It felt like every Sam Hartman pass was just Notre Dame amusing themselves to give him some work, <laughs> right, yeah. like a reliever. Yeah. Like, I'll just give him some work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll talk college football with Todd Wishdev later. JVT has some thoughts on it as well because he's writing at VEASAN.com. He's, he's modeling stuff these days. So we'll talk to him about college football. And, of course, you and uh, you and JVT are obsessed with the FIBA World Cup in basketball. Oh, Canada! <laughs> so we'll talk, we'll talk about that as well. Wes Reynolds on the Tour Championship. Hey, uh, Xander Shoffley, you shot a 62. Guess what? You still lost by five. That's how great Victor Hovland was. Incredible. Uh, and then Paul Spore on Major League Baseball. Wow, is baseball great right now? Home stretch, 30 games roughly left in the season, 30-plus. Um, Going to be awesome. I have a uh, – I know I started with this on Friday, but I, I want to bring it home today. I have a Spencer Strider rant, a Spencer Strider rant coming next segment because – if you saw the NF, the the NFL, the NL MVP odds have changed. The NL MVP odds have changed so that now Mookie bets after his great performance, first time back at Fenway Park, and apparently this drove it home enough where betters have now made it so that Mookie bets is the short shot to win NL MVP for the first time I think all year. Right, Ronald Acuna is not. Yeah, that escalated quickly. And my point with NL Cy Young is how is Spencer Strider not the favorite? I am going to go full propaganda next segment. By tomorrow, I would like for the, the goal of this is to is to make the case why Spencer Strider should be the favorite by tomorrow. Zach Allen does play the the Dodgers. He pitches against the Dodgers tonight. You know that his uh, road ERA is four four six. I believe it is. Can't, can't stop laughing. Strider's next start, I believe, will be at LA too. I think he misses the Rocky. The, the at he misses at Coors, and for those who are like. And for those who would say, oh, well, isn't that a good thing that he's missing cores and playing the Dodgers? No, because the best thing you can have in your skill set as a starter at cores is to erase batters as a strikeout pitcher. That's exactly what Strider is. So, no, it's not a good thing that he's avoiding cores and going to uh, play the Dodgers. But, well, Gallon and Strider will uh, take on the Dodgers next. Uh, Blake Snell, for those who have Blake Snell tickets, he is at St. Louis tonight. 
But I will make the case for Strider coming up because I, th- I think it is just insane that he's not the favorite. We'll get to that momentarily. Um, tennis. The U.S. Open begins today in a matter of, uh, well, is it starting now? I don't even know. Maybe there's some matches that are happening right now. Okay, with the time zone change. I have, we'll review the plays that I have. Drew Densick and I did a podcast, U.S. Open preview podcast at Beating the Book last week. We put forward our favorite plays. Um, Kelly, I can repeat mine and then give you my picks of the day as well. The, the, the tournament long picks that I have. First of all, I believe that Novak Djokovic and Iga Sviatek are going to win. I believe that the draw has set up for both of them, especially in the case of Novak. I mean, Novak is just greased for him. It's just there's nobody up top on his half. So Novak Djokovic is going for his 24th Grand Slam singles title. He already has the men's singles record of 23. Um, I believe he wins, and I believe Iga Sviatek wins on the ladies' side. I actually parlayed them together, took Iga straight at plus 230. The quarter plays that I have, um, which I talked about on the podcast and again repeated here on a numbers game last week, I have Marketa Vondrasova. She was the Wimbledon champ. I have her to win Q3, which is Jesse Pagula's quarter, if you will. Pagula's quarter. That's how they introduced it when they were doing the draw. Pagula's really? quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica Pagula's quarter. Uh, I got Marketa Vondrasova to win that Q3 plus 450. Then on the men's side, I do have two quarter plays. Alex Dimonor in a loaded, admittedly loaded quarter number two. I have him, the Australian, at 12 to 1. And then in Q3, I gave this out on the podcast as well. I got Tommy Paul at 7 to 1. Those are my tournament long U.S. Open bets. The final slam of the year, the hardcourt slam to end it at Flushing Meadows. Drew Densick's going to be boots on the ground, by the way. I think he's there today and tomorrow and the next day. Man leads a good life. Oh, good for him. Yeah, no. So, so what did he, he, he worked that, what is he, working U.S. Open into his Labor Day trip that he I, was I, discussing? Oh, no, I think this is an NBC Sports thing. And then he's quickly doing the plus EV wife trip to Napa. Gotcha. I believe okay. I have that correct. Or the other way around. One or the other. Um, by the way, the who got the worst of the draw, Coco Goff got the worst of it on the on the lady side. Yes, she is in Iga's quarter. And you're like, well, why, why is an Iga's quarter bad if, if Coco's is bad? Well, Iga happens to be in her half of the quarter pretty scot-free, whereas Coco has a gauntlet. So my hardcore numbers, again, on the lady side, it's Eagle 1, it's Coco 2, it's Vondrasova 3, believe it or not, talking one year and six months, uh, and one month, because the, the one-month numbers, Coco's the best, but she got the worst of it on the lady side, so... Anyway, those are the season. Those are the tournament long bets, the fortnight, if you will, of so, the U.S. Open. So I was just going to ask you the like, you know, who, uh, besides Djokovic um, and Ego, who gives them the who gives them the best run for their money? You you would go by your numbers. You have Coco above Vondrasova, but because of the draw, you would go Vondrasova. Okay. Well, Coco's in Ego's quarter. She'll be she'll be good to get to Ego. That's how tough her her opponents are. One, two, three, and four, or especially two, three, and four. Uh, before she gets to a uh, quarterfinal match with Iga. So this is it's just tough for Coco it, to, to win all those matches and sustain because you're going to be taxed even if you get there, whereas Iga can be a little, if she's playing it right, a little more uh, sort of rested for that. So I, I really believe that it's it's Iga's to lose and it's Novak's to lose. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz is Novak's biggest challenger, but he is in a ridiculous quarter with Zverev and others. So, I set up that I set up the women's one wrong. I said Vondrasova, but I meant I meant uh, Sabalenka because she's second on the odds. Drew has Vondrasova in the finals against okay. Iga, and okay. we did not talk about it before the podcast either. 
So we were simpatico thinking that way. As far as today, I have four plays. First day of the U.S. Open. Remember, it's a round of 128 on both the men's and ladies' side today and tomorrow. I got two on the men's side. I got two on the ladies' side. I have Soon Wu Quan on the men's side, plus 312. He's still 3-1 to one against Christopher Eubanks. You're like, wait a minute, Gil. Didn't, wasn't Christopher Eubanks great at Wimbledon? He was. Quan is coming back from injury, a shoulder injury. I have, a, let's put it this way. Should Quan be favored? No. But should he be $3? Not even close. Soon will Quan plus 312 to outlast Christopher Eubanks. Then I have Mackenzie McDonald at plus 115. He's plus 105 now. Anything in plus money, I would still play him. He should be, in my opinion, favored over Felix Auger-Aliassime. So Mackenzie McDonald is pick number two on the men's side. On the ladies' side, Varvara Gracheva at plus 124 is what I got. Varvara Gracheva. At plus 124, she is taking on Taylor Townsend, the American, who's going to have the crowd behind her. And then Katie Volinets, our girl, I got her plus 181. You can still get her right around there. Katie Volinets against uh, Wang Jinyu, the other ladies. So four dogs to start it off at the U.S. Open. Spencer Strider and more next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. numbers game on v the sports betting network the updated nfl betting guide will be released on thursday i think i need some updating to do in there as well throughout the nfl preseason the v experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge our updated nfl betting uh, betting guide that is will have picks from every on-air host team specific preseason analysis how to use visa betting splits and football contest strategies if you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks predictions and previews now's the time to become a visa pro subscriber for as low as 19 dollars or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription at BetSmarter all year long. Sign up today at visa.com slash subscribe. little uh, look behind the curtain here at Numbers Game. Uh, Kelly says to me, hey, uh, Gil, did you see that email about uh, the uh, betting guy? I was like, uh, no, I did not. Uh, Kelly says, what did you say after that? He's like, I think you have something to update. Yeah, yeah, you got, you, you got some uh, assignments to do. So, yeah, and then I said, Thursday, and, TBD. And then, I said, when is, and then I said, when is it due? And you said? Yesterday. Uh-huh. No, sorry. It might be my fault that it's on Thursday. I'll get it done. Sorry, Adam Burke. Coming your way. I promise. I'll do it. A little trouble with email. Like remembering that there even is such a thing. Yeah, just I make sure to remind you of the big ones. Yeah, you do. Just in case. Yeah, you do. Skill Alexander. That's Kelly Bidlin. It's a South Point Hotel Casino where we broadcast from. Um, It is our last week at the South Point Hotel Casino here in a numbers game. After six and a half years here in this studio. Uh, we'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. And we hope to have Chrissy and Vinny in here come Friday. If not, Jimmy, too. I don't know. Maybe Everybody. We, maybe we'll get the cocktail waitresses. Maybe we'll get the rodeo folk. Uh, who knows? 
Anything's possible. Well, Maybe people from the deli. Whoever works the hot dog carts. Bowlers, hot dog cart. We'll see. Uh, so uh, it, we've had a we've had a, just a tremendous time here. Uh, some of the best memories ever here at the South Point Hotel Casino. So shout out to Michael Gaughan and crew our last week here at the South Point Hotel Casino. Um, okay, let's talk about Ed L. Cy Young. So yesterday morning, this was after Spencer Strider's great outing against the Giants this weekend, where he, after three starts now, has brought his ERA down from 3.94 to, what is it now, 3.46, I believe it is. Don't hold me, let me get that right. I should probably get that right from the beginning. Um, anyway, I was, I was telling Will, I was going, there it is right there. This is uh, 3.46, yeah. So from 3.94 to 3.46, literally almost a half a run in his ERA. So I was texting Will Hill and Chris Felica. I was doing massive Spencer Strider research yesterday, and then Felica puts this out yesterday. This is something that I had done about a month ago. We're talking about this is Strider, Gallon, and Snell. Um, Win-loss record, Strider has the most wins. ERA, where Strider, as I mentioned, trails Gallon by uh, .35 now. Whip the whip. Uh, K's per nine and opposing uh, or on base average for opponents. Now, here's the thing. I was going through this yesterday, and I'm like, okay, am I, am I fooling myself about this? Like, am I, my, my full disclosure, I have Spencer Strider and L. Cy Young tickets. I have them at eight to one, couple ways. I added plus 260 this weekend because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Remember with award markets, what we see and what we look at for days, weeks, and months it gets drilled into our brain that this is reality. We have no idea what reality is with voters. And you just saw that apparently Acuna might not have been reality all this time at NL MVP. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. Mookie Betts now is your short shot. Well, Strider is right now plus 260 is the best number you could find him at this weekend. But he ain't close to being the short shot. Zach Gallon of the Arizona Diamondbacks is he of the 4.46 road ERA. And so I just started doing some research and we started with strikeouts because that, of course, is Spencer Strider's wheelhouse. By the way, plus 200 on Strider at DraftKings. Gallon is minus 105. Blake Snell's at three to one. So let me just do it historically because that's the context in which I want to work. No starter, Kelly, has ever had, I want you to follow along here, no starter has ever had 14 Ks per nine in the history of Major League Baseball. No starter has ever had 14 Ks per nine, a 14 K per nine rate. Okay. Strider last year was 13.81. This year, 14. this year he's 13.85. Okay. Okay. That's more than two Ks per nine better than anyone else in Major League Baseball. Now, if you remove the pandemic year of 2020 and the truncated season, and you remove Gallon from this, seven qualified starters have struck out 35% or more of their opponents. Pedro Martinez in 1999, Randy Johnson in 2001, and five others between 2017 and 2021. In fact, the high watermark was Garrett Cole in 2019. He posted a K percentage of 39.9%, the highest in baseball history over a season of 154 games or more. Strider, 38.3% K rate last season, currently 38.1%. So historically, this is off the charts. By the way, Blake Snell... Second in the NL, a full 7.1% behind. Kevin Gaussman, second place overall in MLB, a full 6.4% behind in K-rate. One last thing about K-rate. Strider, who does have his share of 
walks issued, right? He is not a low base on ball guy. When you look at his K to walk ratio, or K, excuse pardon me, K minus walk percentage, K percentage minus walk percentage, which is a stat you'll see in the fan graphs of the world. His 30.5%, and remember, he has his share of walks, right? His 30.5% K minus walk percentage would be better than the K percentage of all but three starters in Major League Baseball. His K <laughs> minus walks, better than all but three guys, Gaussman, Otani, and Snell. Now, okay, I know I can hear what a lot of you are saying. What, what if, what, hey, Gil, too much about the strikeouts. Strikeouts aren't my thing. That might be your thing to help you with your strider argument. Okay, fine. Let's do something besides strikeouts. Spencer Strider has the third best ground ball percentage, ground ball rate in all of baseball, 34.1%. He has the second best expected ERA in baseball, 2.97. He is number one in fielding independent pitching, FIP, 2.79, all of baseball. He is number one in XFIP, 2.88. Per fan graphs, he's tied for second in war at 4.7 with Gallon. What are we even talking about? Best record in baseball, too, if you want to go on the team thing. Number one in, in FIP and XFIP. Okay. So if it's an advanced metrics competition, I hope you get it. He's a, he's a, he wins by a landslide. There's more, but I'll stop there. So let's go to the Tom Tango Cy Young tracker. Remember I uh, quoted this a few times through the season. Remember in National League, at one point, Marcus Stroman, like halfway through the season, Marcus Stroman was the Tom Tango. Tom Tango, who is the father of fielding independent pitching. Uh, he has a run expectancy matrix. I mean, he is a Mount Rushmore sabermetrics guy in baseball. So he has a Cy Young tracker, which is pretty tried and true in predicting, if not the winner in both the American League and the NL, it does really, really well over time. I think it's picked seven of the last 12. Well, when I did it the first time, Stroman was first. I think Strider was like eighth. And you're like, how is Strider eighth? Well, the reason is because it values wins and it values ERA. It values baseball card stats more than anything. And the point of that is not, not oh, what's wrong with Tom Tango? The point of that is Tom Tango knows, based on his research, what voters actually historically care about. All this advanced metrics mumbo-jumbo, Gil, apparently that doesn't matter in the end for voters. Well, now when you look at the Tom Tango Cy Young tracker, Strider is third, and a very close third behind Gallon and Snell. Gallon's 57.9 by his metric. Snell is 56.4, and Strider's 56.3. Gallon faces the Dodgers tonight. Remember, 4.46 road ERA, and it's the Dodgers tonight. I said earlier in the show that it looks like Strider's going to miss the Rockies and, and face the Dodgers. We have one tweet that says, no, Gil, it's actually going to be the Rockies at Coors. For those of you who are like, oh, doesn't that suck? No, once again, the best skill, the best thing you can have in your skill set, skill set arsenal at Coors Field is to erase batters. I think we've already discussed why Spencer Strider is bar none the best in strikeouts. So if he gets to face Coors, advantage Strider gets to face the Rockies at Coors in these in these next two starts. Ground ball percentage too, right? That's got to help out in a, in a not quite as much as K's, field, but yes, yeah, absolutely, like absolutely. And then one other stat just to amuse myself, right? Spencer Strider has thrown two thousand five hundred and fifty three pitches this season. Guess how many third baseman Austin Riley has had to field? Either ground ball or pop-up. 2,553 pitches. 
I love this. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go single digits. Eight. 24, meaning <laughs> less than one in 100. That's insane. The point of that is not just to amuse myself. The point of that is to say Spencer Strider plays this unbelievable fascist style of baseball. There's, it's not a democracy with him on the hill. It's just pure dictator fascism. Right? Like a third baseman is just chilling. 2,500 plus times, one in 100, he makes a play. That's all more than he, that he has to make a play on than you do. And I guess to, to drive it home, Felix Bautista, the Orioles reliever, just went on the IL, right? He's going to have a UCL. He, as a reliever, almost had 17 Ks per nine. If you get to 18, you're erasing two of your three outs via K. It is not a shock that his arm is going to blow out because we're really getting to the point where it's the extreme of what a human being can do with their arm if you're a strikeout pitcher. Spencer Strider, some believe, I kind of believe, got robbed of the rookie of the year last year. Are we really going to rob him of his Cy Young when he is really extending the limits of what the human arm can do? It's crazy. Paul Sporer next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G Bank Visa, a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere, and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank/vsin. That's G.Bank slash VEASAN. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, Kelly, you uh, reminded me of something there on the break, too, which I wanted to mention, which is Tom Tango not only has a Cy Young tracker, but he has, like, the enhanced thing as well where he adds feeling independent, and Strider has a slight edge there. So Strider immediately goes to number one. And you were saying some other, you, you looked at some other tracker as well? Yeah, the other one uh, he has up is the Bill James Cy Young points where he is number one in it. Tango has up a Bill, he has Bill James up as well mm-hmm. in there? Oh, okay. Um, I'm curious what Paul Spore thinks, because maybe I'm losing my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, from Fangraphs, and of course, the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, it is our buddy, Paul Spore at Spore. He joins us now from Austin, Texas, where he's wearing not only his Fangraphs sweatshirt, oh, can I get one of those, and a Phillies hat. How you doing, Paulie? I'm doing well, Gil. It's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I just went on a rant about how, how if Mookie Betts is now the favorite to win NL MVP, and I'm curious what you think about that first. But how is Spencer Strider not the favorite to win NL Cy Young? It's driving me crazy. What do you think about yeah. Betts first? I, I, I'm, I think Betts is in the conversation now. I certainly think that, you know, we were looking at Acuna as maybe not a runaway winner, but a pretty pretty strong leader. And obviously Betts is having just the August from heaven, you know, just absolutely nuclear right now. And I think it's brought himself into the mix. But I don't know that he has just completely blown away Acuna right now. So... I'm not even sure that I, I necessarily think he's the favorite. Love bets, very big bets fan, but I think a lot of voters are probably still aligning with Acuna. But on the NL Cy Young side, I have a hard time getting anywhere past Strider. I, I, I'm not really sure. Like, who, who else would you be looking at? Uh, Gallon, Steele. I like what they're doing. A reliever? No, thank you. I'm not. I'm not much for relievers as Cy Young. It takes. It takes a special season that we just don't have anymore. Relievers aren't used enough. There's too many innings left on the table. If you're not coming at me with a triple-digit reliever season, they're not the Cy Young. So, yeah, it's Strider for sure right now for me. Strider for sure. 
it, this is one of the most dissonant things ever. Again, award markets are, are not necessarily reality. Just because we've stared at Zach Gallon as the favorite for months now yeah. doesn't mean it's true. And I'm just trying to point out, if you Strider, you can still make good bets on. And it's a short runway. Short By short, I mean if you're willing to wait till just before Thanksgiving to actually <laughs> catch the award true. when Major League Baseball just uh, draws it out. You know, hopefully it'll be his mom, Gertrude Strider, giving out the award. So we'll know that it's him. I love how MLB telegraphs the pass on that. Yeah, I know they, they, they really do. And, you know, based on like who's giving it out, you're like, wait a minute, I think I might have an idea of who's going to win this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, again, I'm not really sure. I I would need like the Zach gallon folks to explain why he would be the favorite. I, I mean, maybe just ERA. So Maybe just you're point three five ahead in ERA, so you should win Cy Young. Get out of here. That, that, that's not where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that's probably what's driving it. But I'm going to look more at the skills. There's a 13 inning edge too, I guess. I mean, I see why Gallon is up there, but for me, Eileen Strider. And if you're telling me he's not the the favorite in some markets, I think you yeah. you do need to look. He's good. At I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not good, but he just ain't the. Uh, he's just not the Cy Young. All right, let's talk about these races because these are these are fantastic. Not heating as up. It's so it's heating up is right. First of all, let's just talk AL East. So Baltimore loses Felix Bautista, mm-hmm. and that is massive. And I've always felt, you know, the, this is the thing about baseball this year. There's a lot of good teams, but when you project them into the postseason, even with Bautista, right, the Orioles had enough question marks where you're like, yeah, but I don't know if that translates. Because there's really two different kinds of seasons. Now it's really tough. But I feel that way about sure. a lot of teams, right? Like, the Rangers, even at their best, it's like, can they make it through the postseason? Maybe. And this is coming from a guy who who had them over season win over games and season win total uh, mm-hmm. before the season started. There's a lot of teams with a lot of like question marks. The Giants, obviously flawed. Um, could they get to the playoffs? Sure. Are they a team that would you would threaten to win the World Series? I mean, probably not with that offense. Come on. And there's so many. Well, we of- didn't think. We didn't think the Phillies would make a run. Right. Either. True. Right. Like, once that calendar flips, it really is about like. Who's playing well? But I get it. We have to try to handicap. So I don't mean to derail you there because we no, are no. still trying to figure no. out the best fits. And we wouldn't have put Philly there last year, which doesn't mean that you go make the mistake of putting underestimated teams up there this year. It's just to be open to the notion. But with the O's, it's the starting pitching for me. And I, that's why I liked having the Cano Batista two step back there. Because if they are going four or five innings with their starters, they've got the two guys at the back end who can probably eat up about three of those innings. So then you're only you know, that middle is only like two innings that they have to bridge with. So they are in a weird spot right now. The Orioles. I didn't mean to do, derail you. No, no, no. I would. I, you probably it's good that you did because I was going too far off. So do you think Tampa Bay wins this division in the end, or do you think the O's eke it out? With with regards to. The Bautista loss. I don't think that that's necessarily going to cost them the division because Cano should be able to fill right in. I do think it's a bigger loss for October than it is for this stretch run right now. I can't eliminate the Rays on a two game deficit right now. They're not the team that built up the 174 run run differential though, either. And so I am still going to lean toward the O's at two games. It's only going to be a soft lean right now, especially with Bautista going out. I will still favor the O's right now, though. O's minus 280, Rays plus 210 to win the AL East at DraftKings. What about the AL West, which is not a two-team race. It's a three-team Three. race, and Seattle is the team in the lead. The Astros, though, are the short shot at plus 145 at DraftKings. The Astros, who are one game back, as are the Rangers now one game back. They're plus 240. I mean, the Rangers are the decided dog ear amongst the three. Who takes it in the end, 
Pauly. It's it's probably Houston. Like I get why yeah. they're the short shot, totally. But I'm not out on Texas yet. I understand they've fallen on some hard times, particularly right now. This is why, you know, if you like playing these markets throughout the year and you have teams that you follow, you can get them at different numbers, right? You know, Texas was probably the favorite for quite a long time. People that really like them probably have them at some favorite numbers. If you like them that much, I don't think you should completely jump off of them. Yes, they've got some issues going on, but they still got a lot of good things. They are in their lull. Their big lull is happening at a bad time, but I'm not out on this ball club at all with Texas. So with them being the the, the long shot right now, uh, that does have me leaning toward them as, as the play. I respect Houston. I respect Seattle. I think it is going to be a hell of a race, but I've liked this Texas team all year, just the way you have. And I'm not running away right now at their worst moment because I don't think it's been followed. It's been propagated by like a bunch of losses, right? Eovaldi's out. We would have expected that at some point this year anyway, just by nature of his career, if we're just being honest, right? Pretty much the same with the Grom, truthfully. And you can say Scherzer replaces the Grom and just kind of fill-ins replace Eovaldi because he's always going to miss time. Josh Young's the only really big loss. I still like this Texas team. That's who I'm betting right now. Are Toronto and Boston going to be the two teams on the outside looking in in the wild card race when all is said and done? Two and a half and four and a half out currently, respectively. Yeah, I, I think... Toronto's the one that I, I still keep keep tabs on. Boston, I've had I've struggled with all year. Although one of their biggest things that I didn't like about them was their starting pitching, and they've turned that around like kind of on the fly. That said, where's James Paxton at right now? He's looking really rough. Um, can they rely on Tanner Houck to be like a consistent five inning guy? Is the magic wearing off on Nick Pavetta? So the second that I kind of started to buy into their pitching a little bit it pulled back, you know, is sale ready to go six plus again. We'll see. He gets Houston today. That's going to be a big matchup for him facing them two times in a row, kind of building himself back up long winded way of saying, I do worry about the the Red Sox. The the Jays are the one that I'm like, could they oust one of these NL West or AL West teams? Yes, I think they could, but if I have to put it right now, then I, yeah, I do have to kind of keep them out. Yes. They're the two teams that are out right now. I don't know where I'm getting to Texas or Houston falling to the Jays right now. Two and a half games is nothing that could be flipped by, you know, by the time we talk next week, but I do prefer those West teams right now, even the one that's playing at their worst ball in Texas. All right. We've got a minute left. The three NL wildcard teams, Philly with a three and a half game sort of cushion right now being in the mm -hmm. driver's seat for one of them. Who are the other two? My heart wants to bring the Reds in there, but you talk about not having enough starting pitching, and I just don't think it's there for them. Um, I discount this Giants team like kind of always, Gil. You know that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I um, I and I think a lot of folks do. I don't think I'm wrong, or I don't think I'm alone there. I, I am often wrong about them if I'm being 100% honest, but I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to stick with the teams that are there right now. I really like these Cubs and Diamondbacks clubs. I think they're showing some you know metal here as they come down the stretch especially the diamondbacks they were kind of left for dead and here they are back in it it's all, that's why I don't want to leave texas for dead either based on a bad 10 game streak so i'm going to go with the teams that are there cubs diamondbacks are going to take those last two if anything i think the phillies could fall out even though they have the biggest wow lead. oh that's interesting all right uh dfs dump do you have any dfs here we're okay 30 seconds yeah yeah i, I would jump against uh, I'll, I'll play it easy today i'm jumping against oakland um, with, with my Seattle plays and I'm going with Baltimore against the White Sox and just kind of stack. I'm going to go woo Rodriguez with my pitchers, sprinkle a bunch of their hitters, maybe get some Cincinnati against Kyle Harrison in there too, because I just don't think he has much command. So those are the three teams I'm looking at kind of putting my lineup together with. Once again, no belief in Giants magic. 
I still love I you, Paul. Paul Spore at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it as always. We'll come back. JVT on college football and the FIBA World Cup. Next, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VSIN.com slash subscribe. Skill Alexander. Kelly Billen, it's a numbers game live from the South Point. USA 109, Greece 81. Kelly, did you lay the wood with the US of A? No, I did not. You did not. I did not. Did you lay the wood? No Giannis for Greece. No Giannis for Greece. Did you lay the wood with the USA against New Zealand? No, I did not. You did not as well. I haven't bet a single game yet. I've got I've got one futures bet uh, on Canada. Oh, Canada. Mm-hmm. They're looking good so far. Okay. Let's find out what JVT Cruise. has on this. And some college football with Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, as a matter of fact. We'll start with basketball with JVT. How you doing, John? Uh, I'm good, man. This is the best time of year. Football's back. We got uh, the international version of basketball going on. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. This is awesome. Does the international version of basketball move the needle for you? Do you bet this heavily? Uh, no, I game to game. I don't. Cause I feel like I don't have enough on some of these teams. I do have some futures that I've bet. Uh, I've got two tickets on Canada as well. Uh, you know, the Kelly and I both share. Uh, I do have a bet that is probably going to lose considering that Italy lost to the Dominican Republic yesterday, but I did lay it uh, with them to win the group. And I do have team USA to be eliminated in the semifinal oh. at about six to one. So th- those are the things that I've got more future stuff. Anti-American. Well, we'll say about JVT. No, right. we'll say what you will about him, but anti No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, what, explain to us what you're doing this. We, we talked a little bit about this last week where you're, you're leaned into modeling stuff. Uh, but as far as your shows that you're doing, Saturday you're doing kind of a live college football thing. Is that correct? Yeah, so Saturday is going to be live at Saturday. Hey, we did it last year. It's a lot of fun. You know, it, we get the morning games essentially uh, to keep track of and monitor from an in-game wagering standpoint. I'm actually excited because last year was from nine to twelve, so we just got cut off like you know, in the, like about the start of the fourth quarter right. or so for a lot of those morning games. Yeah. So it'd be cool to get the entirety of the full morning games, and then on some days it'll be college lines revealed. Our first look at you know, Circa and other shops now are starting to get involved, uh, being first to market with a lot of these numbers at about eleven a.m. Pacific time. So we're going to be on the air for two hours to discussing those openers as we get ready for the next week of college football college lines revealed. And you write about this at vcin.com specifically Mm -hmm. as we head towards week one, first of all, was there anything in week zero that 
that you came away with anyway? Um, that football's frustrating, and I love that it's back. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> Both are true. You, That's right. Yes. Um, look, you know, you get a couple of these things, right? So, for example, you know, I, I laid 10 and a half with Louisiana Tech. And, you know, when you're looking out on the surface, you're like 22 to 17. You weren't even close. But if I were to tell you the team that I laid 10 and a half with had 27 first downs to eight, oh, yeah. 447 total yards to 182, 333 passing yards to four, uh, I feel like, hey, I probably should have had a better shot at covering 10 and a half, but they were never really in it. Uh, a lot of results like that had Ohio money line. Uh, Curtis Rourke goes down pretty early in that game, starting quarterback for Ohio. So I love it, but uh, a frustrating it's football, man. It's exactly yeah. what you get. All of them are weird sports, but this one in particular was a frustrating weekend. For Todd, sure. Todd Wishnev is about to come in. We spent, Kelly, when I tell you that Todd and I spent about 30 minutes, and I'm probably being conservative, arguing because we had a second half bet on Louisiana Tech minus seven, which got there only because of, like, yep. of a scamper at the end of the game. And we're going crazy. And we, we for 30 minutes, we talked about, was that lucky or did we deserve it? Like, it was a whole thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. of, what do you mean? Of course we deserved it. Look at the box score. Uh, we were lucky. In it. It's, it, it, but it's, it's to what JVT is talking about. So as we look ahead to week one, then, um, mm-hmm. at least in your piece, you focused on six games specifically. Talk to me about the, uh, the Gators and the Utes. What's going on there? Well, so this is all about information and whether or not you can get it. The problem is we just don't know. So for those who don't know, Cameron Rising tore his uh, ACL back in January. That is the starting quarterback for Utah. And so all summer, it's just been about, is Cameron Rising going to be available for this game? We saw this bottom out all the way down to, it was right after Utah announced, or didn't really announce, but it was reported that Utah had a, a secondary scrimmage or second scrimmage and that uh, Cameron Rising did not participate. So closer we got, the more and more this number was starting to move in favor of Florida to the point where it bottomed out at Utah minus five. Some spots got to as low as minus four and a half. Uh, but ultimately, we don't know what's going to happen. And then on Friday, Cameron Rising is listed as the starter for Utah. But of course, he's listed as the starter because he's their best quarterback. <laughs> we still don't know if he's been officially cleared. So this has been all about whether or not we're going to get an, an, an idea of what Rising is going to be. But I'll say this, Gil, like there's two things to watch here. And I think the first of which, of course, is just rising himself and if he's going to play. But if he doesn't, what the market does, because Florida and Billy Napier are really not coming into this thing uh, with a, a lot of high praise. Uh, they're rebuilding quite a, d- a few different position groups, namely, of course, quarterback. Now, Anthony Richardson with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm really curious to see how low this number gets if rising doesn't play. Because I still think Utah's playable here, and especially if the market's going to overreact if he's not going to be available and get down to about like three or two and a half. Because they were talking about over a touchdown's worth of value that rising I don't think is worth that much to a point spread. So it's what we're waiting for. We're going to see what's going to happen with rising, but that's the only thing that we're waiting for here on Thursday. Here's what I'm interested in. You wrote about a couple of these. Let's talk about teams that have we've already seen now in action, right, in week zero. We got a glimpse of a couple of these teams. Um, that you pointed out in your article. Let's talk about Louisiana Tech, who we just discussed. They're at SMU. What did Louisiana Tech's very frustrating performance, ultimately on the scoreboard for betters, do with this line? So this is where I think it's fascinating. And I I talked to Adam Burke about this yesterday on Live Bet Sunday. I think it's worth coming in here, especially if the market's going to continue in its direction. And bet Louisiana Tech, because what was fascinating about what happened, the market was already in on SMU here. Opened up uh, minus 15 and a half when these numbers opened up in the offseason. Got to 19 prior to kickoff against Florida International. But when that game was over and it got rehung, it was at 20 and a half over at DraftKings and other spots. Well, we just discussed the box score really quickly. Louisiana Tech completely outperformed Florida International. Every single number, every single thing, well, you look at that and said, that team probably should have covered 10 and a half, 11 and a half, maybe even 12 and a half, but they probably should have had a better shot at covering that game. So 
What's interesting is that the market generally reacts like positively with that, where it won't overreact to a performance that is clearly a lot worse than what it should have been. But that's not what the market did here. It actually increased that line for SMU by another full point after that result. So if we're talking about a full 21, or I would even argue even a 20 and a half for an SMU team that, remember, is revamping its own stuff as well in mm -hmm. terms of starting quarterback and other skill positions, I think Louisiana Tech's going to be pretty live there against SMU in an inflated number. So be very interested to see if you get the full 21. But either way, I think 20 and a half is playable with La Tech. Yeah, I don't want to give away the whole article because uh, JVT talks about Fresno State, Purdue talks about the line move, Washington State, Colorado State, UTS. Houston so he's all over the place with lots of stuff I want to I want to talk again about a team that we've seen in action already which is Hawaii which kept yeah. it real competitive against Vanderbilt I always want to say Purdue when I see the jersey it was Vanderbilt um, and so they looked you know market relatively speaking pretty good how did their game against Stanford how did that line adjust since this one's been awesome, too, because the market, same, same thing, actually, with this Louisiana Tech SMU game. The market has been steadily heading in Hawaii's direction because there's a lot of non, you know, anti-Stanford sentiment out there. Uh, market as a whole and the ones who shape the market, as I phrased in the article, have been down on Stanford this entire offseason. So they already had that steady trickle in Hawaii's direction. Then all of a sudden you get Braden Schrager in Hawaii. You know, we talk about some of these results. You can make the argument, probably should have won that game, right? Two, two turnovers, really the massive difference. They lose by seven, have a shot to tie the game at the end. So now they're coming back home here against a Stanford team the market doesn't like. This is now down to low as three and a half after opening in the offseason at 10 and a half in favor of Stanford. So the, the market is really in here on Hawaii. It was before that performance, and it really ramped up after that performance against Vanderbilt. But I, I think it's important for anybody out there because a lot of us are, are diving in now, right? It's very at least worth it, I think, articles like this to give our idea, you know, anybody who's just getting in there a sense of where this has been going. If you're coming in today and going, Hawaii was great against Bandy, they're a home underdog. I'm in. <laughs> there were 10 and a half point underdogs like two weeks ago. So the market's been all in on the Rainbow Warriors, and that performance, I think, only bolstered the thought that they're going to be pretty live against the Cardinals. This has nothing to do with your article, but one of my takeaways from week one, because I had Ohio. Right. Um, yep. Not well, I had the over in the game. Let me be clear. I didn't have Ohio. I had the over. Either way. San Diego State, even in victory, looks so bad. Looks yeah. so bad. And I was talking to Fezzik the other day, and we were both like, they they would appear to be a fade, you know, a fade team, at least as we consider them right now moving forward. You'd agree with that? Yes, uh, I completely agree. It's the reason why I played against them. Jalen Maiden is not really a great quarterback. You know, the converted safety who commits turnover-worthy plays like crazy. I think going forward, I tweeted, I, I posted it on X. It's it's crazy how San Diego State basketball and football are the same team. Like they just bring their opponents down into the muck, suffocate them, and they win every ugly game possible. But I would agree with that completely. All right. Are you doing immaculate grid JVT? Do you know what that is? Are you doing that? NBA? I do know what it is. But uh, yes, I was going. I was doing some NBA ones and, and football ones as well. Okay. If you ha if you have like late seventies, early eighties NBA knowledge, you can get ridiculous scores in that NBA. Is oh yeah. Oh, it is. It's fantastic. Do you have a, well, that yeah. in the football one is uh, my what I've been doing is um, offensive lineman, right? Because that's oh. where you get a lot of turnaround. Yes. If you know offensive lineman, that's oh, right. it's brilliant. Yep. It hacks the NFL game. It's so true. If you could do offensive lineman. All right. Your most controversial NFL play is that you think the Patriots are going to be good. Give me the 20 second elevator pitch again on it. I think that defensively, they're going to be one of the best ones that they were last year. And I think a better offensive uh, coordination, I'll say, is going to rise Mac Jones near the rookie level. So I think they're going to be awesome. Whenever we can get offensive coordination on the show, yes, we, right. we appreciate it. JBT, thank you. Enjoy the uh, FIBA World Cup and beyond. Great college football stuff, man. Thank you. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody, at me, JBT, on Twitter. Todd Wisnev, live and in person. 
next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.